Hi, I'm Steve Joel. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. This is my podcast series in which we meet the people who've changed the way we play or paint or even watch games of 40K. The Game Changers. Uh, what, How's I was... my mic? I was having a little bit of issues with it earlier. No, it's good. It's good. Better than most, to be fair. This uh, is what I use for Forge the Narrative, so... <laughs> there you go. So you're used to the high-quality productions here. In this episode, a content creator and painter and Warhammer player who's broken the mould a little bit. Before we start, I've got to apologise because I know you're Tanya, but because I'm a Kiwi, I'm going to call you Tanya by mistake a few times through this. Like, a lot of people are, are like, is it Tanya? Is it Tanya? I was like, I really, it really does not bother me either way. You can call me whatever you like. <laughs> Just not late for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> I have to say, every single person featured in this series has been on here for a reason. They're interesting. They're awesome. They're great people. This conversation is one of the most fun that we've had i have like a brace that i wear and i have special shoes <laughs> special <laughs> that shoes. i wear oh my God. <laughs> to play warhammer in yeah i want to do a shout out before we start to frontline gaming the guys at frontline gaming network support the podcast you can go get mats and terrain and pre-loved models and of course tickets to the biggest events in the whole wide world at frontlinegaming.org. Oh, also, if you like this episode and you like the conversation, you can find all of the Game Changers interviews at 40kgamechangers.com. Okay, that out of the way, on with the show. Today's guest has nearly 10,000 followers on Instagram as a regular co-presenter on Forge the Narrative. With Paul Murphy and Adam Camilleri, has written for Goonhammer, has been a guest more than once on the huge Play On Tabletop channel, is an accomplished painter, and has a massive influence on other women in the game. Known as the War Mistress, Tanya Gates. Good morning. Oh, I with say, an intro like that, I, I got a lot to live up to here. Right? I say good morning, but that's just force of habit because I'm when I'm on the radio in New Zealand, it's always good morning, but I don't know what the hell time it is when people are listening, so I should just say hello. Um, <laughs> uh, it could be morning. My favourite thing I know about you is that you used to put on a helmet that looked like a half a watermelon and skate around beating the snot out of folks in roller derby. Uh, yes. That, that must have been a fun pastime. Uh, it was amazing. It was my entire life for like five or six years. Right. Um, yeah, getting getting injured and not being able to play, I thought was like like life shattering. But in a way, it kind of just like rebuilt my life around a different hobby, yeah. which is Warhammer now. Yeah, you exchange one for the other. Can you it's tell like, me about uh, roller derby though? Because I'm, I'm only because I'm fascinated by the idea of it. I just love the idea of. I couldn't do it because I'm old and my knees wouldn't cope, but I just, I love the idea of strapping on skates and just getting as violent as possible. Is that basically the deal? Not really. No. <laughs> oh, okay. It has that, it has that reputation. Yeah. I think because it used to essentially be like wrestling on skates. Right. Uh, but it's actually a very tactical game now, right. and uh, it's one of the few games where you are playing offense and defense at the same time. So... Yeah, it's it's actually a very complicated sport. It's a very tactical sport, and um, I I loved it. I loved yeah, every minute yeah. of it. Yeah, it, I am in my imagination. It's Alita Battle Angel, but maybe without the the actual weapons. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, we are the weapons. Yeah, so. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Did your team have a cool name and did you have a cool nickname? I think that's half the deal with this game. Uh, so the team that I was on, we were a recreational league team. So yeah. our name was the Farmers Slaughters. <laughs> So good. <laughs> and and uh, my derby name was Tannable Lecter. Oh, my God, that's good. Does it take <laughs> ages to sit down? Because I feel like, you know, with if you're naming characters in Warhammer and or, or if you're a tournament organiser and you want to come up with a cool name for your event, it just that's the thing that can sidetrack you for hours. You've got everything else sorted out and you want to come up with a cool name. Um, some people never choose one. Uh, some people, the team sort of like names you on your right. first, on your first like uh, foray with us. Um, mine, mine just I don't know. Mine just like w- or happened organically, yeah. and it happened right away. And like I think it was in the first month, I, I ended up with that one. So. Now, I promise for our listeners, I promise we will get to forty k. But I also wanted to. I read somewhere you're a trekkie. Is that the truth? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I would say that probably Star Trek was like the thing that got me into all of my sort of geeky hobbies and such. Really? So that was yeah. the gateway drug that kind of got you involved in all, all of this where you've ended up now. It's because of Captain Kirk and Spock. <laughs> yeah. Like actually my derby number was 1701, which is like yeah, the Enterprise. The USS Enterprise. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like my first memories that I ever had, um, like the first memory that I ever have is a sitting on the couch with my mom and we're watching Return of the Jedi on like a really like haggard old VHS. Yeah. Um, and then my like second memories is um, my mom and I, we used to watch reruns of Next Generation and yeah. the original series together on this like really tiny TV in her room. And we'd be like all snuggled up in, in bed together. Oh my and- God, that's so good. I know. I'm such a nerd. No, that's so <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> it's it's so cool that it just, you know, when you talk about Star Trek or Star Wars, it brings back those memories. For our younger listeners, VHS is how we used to watch movies <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. before Netflix was a thing, before the internet was a thing. We had to go Google it, look it up. You'll be all right. Yeah, you had to rewind them after. <laughs> I know. I know. Before you were allowed to take them back to the video store, you had to rewind them back to the beginning. All right. So, Hobby, take me back to the start of your hobby journey. When did you get into this? I was first introduced to the idea of Warhammer in 2012. Okay. My friend who was an absolute Warhammer um, enthusiast showed me, like, we just become friends, and he showed me uh, what he was working on. And so he showed me these miniatures and I think it was blood angels at the time that he was working on. Um, and he showed me these miniatures and I was like, Oh wow, these are like amazing. And he's like, well, you know, there's a game that goes with it. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so we played like a few floor hammer games and that was like in seventh, I believe when it was super crazy and weird. And, um, and I liked it, but I didn't get like super into it. And then um, this friend and I started dating, and then we, you know, very shortly after, got married. And it's <laughs> like my husband now, so we have two hobbyists in the house. Too cute. Yeah, and 
Yeah, I played a little bit in seventh, and then I joined roller derby, and then I had no time for it. But I still painted sporadically until I got hurt, um, and then I, I couldn't go back to skating, yeah. and then jumped in full, like full on head first. That was in. Um, what do you think? What do you think it is the about the hobby that, that I mean, the is it the miniatures? Is it the painting? Is it the fact that it was this burgeoning relationship at the same time? What What do you think kind of really hooked you in and got you into the game? I think it was probably the miniatures. Yeah, yeah, I like the whole and like I was reading a few Black Library uh, novels here and there as well. So I just think it was like the science fiction aspect of the miniatures that i liked but on top of that it's got its own like like gothic flair to it right and so um yeah probably the miniatures at first yeah the miniatures and then the lore and as you say the gothic flair wouldn't hurt you're kind of a metalhead if i can reveal that to our (laughs) listeners so that kind of that that side of it also is kind of a uh you know big part of the appeal right right i i think that i'm like a little bit grim dark like deep down in my soul so it's a good fit yeah, yeah. And also, uh, look, and we'll come to this later on probably, but it doesn't hurt that the that the people you get to know in the game, you know, you kind of make you 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 do forge relationships, you make friends and and a big part of it, part of it is about being social, floor hammer, war hammer, garage hammer, whatever it is people are playing, you're kind of catching up with friends and playing a game and that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And just like in roller derby, I've created some amazing friends through Warhammer 40K. And as cheesy as that is, that is like the best part of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And unlike your previous hobby and my previous hobby, which was motorcycling, in this you can get killed on the table, but not actually killed. So so there's that advantage as well. Like the injuries are not as common. That's right. I mean, I do suffer from a couple long-term injuries from roller derby that actually make playing Warhammer 40k kind of difficult. So, yeah, I do have to manage those at the table, especially at, like, tournaments and and things like that. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) I played rugby for a few years and have both knees. uh, One's had an operation, the other one needs one. So game three of a long day, I'm needing to sit down. I have like a brace that I wear, and now I have special shoes special <laughs> that shoes. I wear. Oh my god! To play Warhammer in, yeah. Special shoes. I think when you're young, you're younger. You never imagine a year or a time where you'll have to wear special shoes for comfort. I know. Um, I'm gonna need to have knee surgery, so I'm trying to like put it off yeah. as long as possible. So yeah, special shoes and making sure I'm taking care of myself. <laughs> All of those good things. So yeah. what's your what's your favorite army in the game? You mentioned Blood Angels was kind of the, the those are the miniatures you first saw. They're not. That's not what you play now, though, right? No. Um, so I guess like quote competitively because mm. I'm not like. I'm not the most, like, obviously, I've only been playing for a couple of years, but I'm not, like, the most advanced player. But um, I play, right now, Guard is my main, and I have a small Custodes uh, patrol in there as well. So that's probably what I play the most. And then I've been playing a lot of Orcs Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was it that drew you to Guard? So, actually, my first army that I ever played was Space Wolves. And I think in terms of lore, yeah, that's, like... (laughs) That's like my favorite army, uh, but they just don't suit my play style. I'm very like defensive right. uh, in my play style, and while you probably could play Space Wolves like that, I feel like they 
they deserve a player that's more aggressive. So um, I was not having a super good time with them. And I was like, well, let's try something completely different than like a melee heavy like army. So let's try something that's that's basically all shooting. Um, and so I played my first couple games with guard because my husband has multiple armies. So I right. can try different things and um it was like an instant fit for me i was like oh this fits how i want to play warhammer right. yeah yeah um and yeah that's why i stuck with it man it's such a big lesson it is such a big lesson if you're listening to this and you're a, a newer player honestly finding the army that suits your play style is is such a big part of it i've 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 started with black templar and then cycled through a whole bunch of others just to try just to see and, and uh, I had a Tau army for a while, and I had Richard Siegler helping me learn how to use it. I mean, you can't get better than that. And I still sucked because it just I, – I play with wolves. I love that element of it. That's how I play. I cannot play defensively. So you and I are at opposite ends of the spectrum. I just can't do it. So it is a big lesson. What you're saying is, you know, find the army that suits you. That you've got to love the miniatures for a start, but also you've got to be able to play with that army the way they're supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I'm really blessed because I have a bunch of people who will let me proxy stuff to try it before I buy it. Um, <laughs> That's great. That <laughs> is good. Me, I'm not going to say it saves me a lot of money because there's still units that I buy without trying them first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's good to, to try things out. Uh, TTS is also really good for that if you uh, are so inclined. Who were the people that influenced you early on? Were the people that you looked to and went, yeah, that's the way I want to do it. Or just people you like to watch on, you know, battle reports or whatever. At the beginning, I didn't really consume a lot of content. And I think there was nobody that I really related to at that time. Yeah. Um, I wished at the time that there was more women making content and um, – there was a few. There was a few. They're, they're actually not making Warhammer content anymore, funny enough. Um, but there wasn't that many. And so I think in, in terms of, like, what inspired me, I just saw this, like, community of people playing the game and having fun. And I was just like, I, I just want to do that too. Yeah. I really want to come back to the, you know, women who were creating content and how, you, you know, there are some that blazed a trail and that that's you now. Um, so we'll get back to that. But uh, some of the names I want to bring up here, Alex McDougall and Ridvan Martinez, who we've already spoken about before we started recording, Scari. Those are, yeah. those are a couple of people. I, mean, I know you were coached by Alex, but I don't know if you were friends first and then coached after or coached first and then became friends. How did that work out? Well, Alex is in – well, he lives in the same small town as me. And – He's just always super welcoming to me. So I would say we were probably like friends first. Right. And then um, I I had picked up guard and I was playing them for like about three months or so. And I really, really enjoyed playing them, but I was terrible. <laughs> like, I think I, I kept track of it and I was like, I had like a 13% win rate. And I was right. like, I just want to, I just want to beat my husband once. That's it. <laughs> That's a great Not goal. Not like that. that is a great Not like goal. that. I just want to win a game against my husband. I understand. I probably... yes. okay. <laughs> um, and so I was like, who, who could teach me, right? And Alex and I had a really good rapport. Um, this is before he he joined Art of War, and uh, I was just like, Alex, 
can you just teach me how to how to play this game <laughs> and uh within three months he had like raised my win percentage up to like 56 percent wow. or something like that and, and uh i went to my first tournament and i actually won a game so that was really exciting so yeah well you've That's left sort of- the big question unanswered did you beat your husband in a game of warhammer 40k Yes. Yes, I are. did. Good. Okay. <laughs> goal achieved. It's good to set these goals right on your way through. And the yeah. goal doesn't. I did see. This is where so there are so many. You're just teaching us lessons every single time you open your mouth. There are so many goals that you can have other than winning a tournament or being the number one space wars player in the country. Goals like I want to win a game against that particular person, or I want to win one game at a tournament. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, winning a game against your husband or significant other—that's a great goal to have. It's so cool. It must be actually, because I'm not in this situation, it must be great to have husband slash significant other partner, whatever it might be, who's also into the game, into the same game. I mean, it is great. <laughs> it has some challenges. Uh, but it, in general, it's it's mostly great, yeah. Mostly great, yeah. yeah. I've got a friend who plays golf, and uh, the, one of the worst days was when his wife started playing golf too because not that they – I mean, he loves her dearly, but this was his, you know – way of spending time with other people and getting that was gone. Not that I'm saying that's your situation. Um, Um, I don't think it's my situation, but like my husband and I sometimes get really salty with one another. So (laughs) that's so good. Yeah. Um, So uh, you and I have both had just while we're on the subject of win percentages, because sometimes it's not a good idea to keep track of your win percentage. Uh, You and I have both had moments in the game and I want to disclaimer here as well for people who, who won't know and probably most people don't know Tanya and I go back to previous podcasts we have uh, had lots of conversations on and off air about multiple different things you and I have both had moments in the game where we've thought about not doing it anymore just because I don't know getting beaten up too often or whatever but I think also that we have both now turned a corner on that and maybe reset expectations how important is it do you think for people to remember that this is just supposed to be fun oh I mean, it's the most important thing. Um, And for me, because I am a little bit newer playing the game, I consider myself a developing player. Um, I think, and it's still something that I struggle with, I think it's really hard to be learning while you're kind of more in the public eye. Um, It's also really hard for me to like reconcile like people's expectations of me with what I actually am. I've had people say that, oh, well, you're a competitive player. And I don't actually see myself that way because I like to play crusade. I like to play narrative. I like to play open war missions. I just like to play the game. Mm. And competitive is just like one way of playing it. But really... Like, at the end of the day, this is something that I just absolutely adore doing. Um, And, like, if you do start feeling like, well, why am I even doing this anymore? It's really important, I think, at that time to source out the people that make you love playing the game again. Yeah. And play those people. Yeah. And just have, yeah, just have fun with it. Sometimes, some like, expectation is often a... um, just a bad thing to have because disappointment always comes out of expectation, right? And so you, yeah. if you go in with, with your expectations set too high to something, then then that may lead to disappointment. Sometimes it's a great thing to shoot for the stars, but sometimes it's also better just to kind of 
just go yeah, with, with what you're good at and say, okay, you know what I want to do in this tournament? I just want to have fun. I want to play against that army or I want to achieve these goals or whatever it is. Yeah. How did you oh, Sorry. definitely managing your your expectations at a tournament is like the number one <clears throat> thing you have to do before you go into it. Yeah. 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 If you go in thinking, I'm gonna go uh go without losing a game and crush everybody's <laughs> souls, then it's that's, unless you you're might Brad, have a bad time. <laughs> unless you're Brad Chester or Nick Nanavati, you're probably not going to have a good time. Um, right. So how did you get into content creation? What was your, your gateway into that? Honestly, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I had been doing Instagram for a little while. Yeah. Like a year. <laughs> I, had, I had an Instagram account for like a year, I think. And then you had asked me to come on to 40K Today as guest. Right, we had this podcast 40k today a while back and I wanted to run a feature called Women in Warhammer because I feel like it's really important to uh, represent like if you want more women in Warhammer they have to see people as you mentioned before it's like seeing people you can relate to people who look like you people who sound like you people who play like you whatever the thing is so I thought that was important anyway I asked you and you came on and you were amazing well, I feel like I feel like you mentored me from that moment on because then after that you would ask me to actually come on and, and help like with the sort of behind the scenes stuff um, on 40k today and I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know, I can help do the social media and stuff. Uh, and then shortly after that, both you, um, well, everybody on on the show basically was like, you know, you should start doing interviews. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no but like with your mentorship you you eventually like helped build that confidence in me and and uh after that i didn't really look back well i'm i'm glad i had a small part to play in it but i think you're giving me way too much credit you just you cut loose no, from there no, I'm not. <laughs> it was awesome and so uh look i feel like you've always had this in you though this desire to create content i found an article you wrote for core hammer back in 2016 so, oh god <laughs> that was so long ago wasn't it so long god. ago that's six years ago so it's oh. it's not like i feel like you've always had this desire to help others or create content or get out there and be a part of that community uh, so it's pretty cool how did how about uh, forge the narrative how did that come about um, sort of much the same way. So Paul was helping us out on 40k today. And then when we made this the decision to go and like pursue our own things, Paul was like, do you want to come and be a co host? And at first I was like, uh, I don't know, like that is like, at, it was among the top Warhammer 40k podcasts. Right. Like, Still ah. is. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't know, like, like it's more competitive-minded, and, and I'm really, you know, quite a novice at the game, so I'm not sure where I fit, and, and you know, with, with talking with Paul, um, he sort of explained to me, like, where he thought I fit, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. So it was actually really hard for me to transition onto that cast, but I'm so glad that I did, because... All of those guys are just like such an amazing support network for me. Yeah. It seems like a great group of people. And I th look, honestly, the more people you meet who are doing content creation and, you know, playing at that high level, they're just nice people who happen to play the game that we also play. 
that are honestly some of the nicest people. Right? Yeah. yeah. Paul Murphy has to be just one of the nicest guys in the world outside of 40K. And uh, Adam Camilleri and all the other guys. <clears throat> and then you had uh, Play on Tabletop. You were asked to be a guest on Play on Tabletop, which in my mind is massive. I mean, that's it's one of the biggest channels in the world. And uh, there you are invited to be on the show. Yeah. And again, like the people from Play on Tabletop are just some of the nicest people that you'll you'll ever meet. And funny enough, I had no idea who they were when I uh, went to my first tournament ever. Like I, I had heard of Play on Tabletop. I hadn't like fully like jumped into content creation at that point in time. So I'm there and I'm like nervous because I have social anxiety so bad at my first tournament. Yeah. And I'm there and I'm just trying to like remember my rules and stuff. And this guy walks over to me and he's the only person who ever wa- like ever came up to me that I didn't already know. And he's like, oh, Imperial Guard. Wow, your tanks look really great. And I'm like sweaty because I'm like <laughs> – like, having almost a panic attack and i was like hey thank you <laughs> and then uh it turns out that that's space marine steve yeah <laughs> so I, like i mean they were even supportive back then and they didn't even have to be yeah well they don't have to be that's it no one has to be but they just if i i feel like one of the big things in this community is uh I just, even among content creators where in, in maybe in other communities you get a degree of competition, there's just so much support for each other. Everybody just reaches out and says, man, I love what you're doing. Let me help. <laughs> it's so good. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it is such a great community of people. So how did how did you get the idea for uh, Be Nice, Roll Dice? And I want to mention that this is something that Tanya does, a YouTube channel interviewing people on a show called Be Nice, Roll Dice, which if you haven't seen it, you really should. It's so cool. It's a great idea. The idea for it, again, I think it goes back to that idea that when I was first starting out in the hobby, there wasn't a lot of content creators um, and there wasn't or there wasn't a lot of female content creators and the content that they were making was great, but it wasn't so much focused on actually playing the game. So... That's what I wanted. I I wanted to like be that person that I needed back when I was first getting into the hobby. And I think competitive Warhammer uh, and maybe Warhammer in general, it has this um, this like stigma around it that like people who play it are kind of like, I don't know, not nice people. And that's not really been my experience. So I guess that's kind of like where be nice roll dice came in right. uh, yeah and i just i just really wanted to make something cool that showcased other people in the content creation community and i really wanted to take some concepts in wargaming and sort of like break them down in a way that new players or maybe casual players who wanted to maybe interact a little bit more with the game i wanted to break it down in a way so that they could easily digest this information. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it is like your experience at your first tournament is is uh is not uncommon I don't think and it may be exaggerated but uh it's an it's nerve-wracking going to your first tournament. If you've got someone to go with that helps, like if you've got a friend who's also going to a, you know that you know that helps. 
But having that kind of content out there that can kind of ease you through it. Sean Morgan's another one that does this, actually. I've not had Sean on the show, but I like his content a lot. He does that where he also puts content out there that is helpful to people going to tournaments and maybe suffering anxiety and those sorts of things. So it's it's a cool thing to do. Yeah, and like through making this content, I've actually found out that there's a lot of people out there, even people who've been going to tournaments for a long time, who still suffer from social anxiety in some form. Um, so before I started the channel, I didn't really realize how many people would like find comfort in its existence. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, again, so many lessons. How great is it that someone came up to talk to you at your first tournament? And I think that that's – if you are a person who goes regularly to events and you see a new face, just go up and say hi. I want to say from the point of view of someone like me, outwardly – like I, I'm a broadcaster for a living, right? It's my whole job to present confidently. <laughs> so I turn up at a tournament and I look like I'm smiling, I'm having a good time, I'm confident. Inside, I'm crapping myself. I'm nervous as hell. And I'm intimidated by these people who have been doing this for a long time. And I, like, I find everyone intimidating. And so I probably don't look like I need someone to step over and say hello. But if you see a new face at a tournament, even if they don't look like they're in need, it doesn't hurt to wander over and say, hey, great army, you know, welcome along or whatever it might be. Even just comment on the paint job. It's cool just to have someone to say yeah. hi. Yeah, it just makes them feel included in one yeah. other small way. It, it definitely helps. Uh, all right, I think we've waited long enough. Let's talk about women in Warhammer. So okay. uh, we've already we've touched on the fact that there weren't a lot of female content creators uh, who were visible in the game when you got into it, women who blazed the trail. But there were a couple, right? Can you remember anyone in particular or did you feel the need to step into a space? Uh, the big one for me, like the biggest influence for me was Terry Latorco. Okay. Um, and she was on YouTube. She was called, I think she still has a YouTube channel, but it's more like board games, I think now. But uh, she was that Terry girl. Okay. And uh, she used to run tournaments and things. And uh, she made she made content quite regularly. She was a very big influence on me. That's awesome. So she got in touch with you. Funny enough. Uh, so roller derby in my area uh, really has a shortage of refs. So referees in the game get to travel quite a bit outside of their their sort of local area, and they can always find games to to uh, officiate. And Terry used to be, I don't know if she still is, but she used to be a roller derby ref. Huh. And she refed me for a game and sent me to the penalty box so much. <laughs> yeah. I had it coming, honest. Sure. But that's but, funny. Uh, that's so good. <clears throat> so you guys know each other a couple of different ways. That's awesome. Listen, for, for every now and then, every now and then, uh, I feel like I'd, we've got to talk about this. Every now and then someone will post something, someone like you or one of the other uh, great women who play this game will post something. And then some man will chime in, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I like anybody who uh, creates content. I don't care if they're men or women. Why do we have to make a big fuss about this? <laughs> it's one of the most common things you see. So, yeah, meanwhile, he's making a big fuss about it. Yeah, but <laughs> it's about representation, right? We, we make a big fuss about it because it's, it's important to have people representing. My daughter wants to be an astronaut. How important is it for her to see that other women have done this that, so that it's possible? It's yeah. this, it's, I mean, I know this isn't being an astronaut, but it's, it's the same concept. 
Yeah, I do think that it's it's important. And for me, like, there's a few times where I've I've sort of thought about, you know, just quitting making content and just enjoying my hobby just for myself. And what usually happens when I'm in that state of mind is somebody will send me like a message, like a DM to my Instagram or something on YouTube. And it'll basically be like, my daughter loves your content, yeah. something along those lines. And then I'm like, and that is like really, it makes me realize that it's, it's sort of bigger than me at this point. Like I have to keep doing it. Um, just so that these girls coming in maybe don't experience some of like the bad things that I experienced when I was coming in. Right. Is it, do you think we talk about the bad things that you experienced? This is, this is entirely over to you. This is not my area. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, it's, it's not a big secret and I have talked about it a little bit before in the past. So okay. it's not a huge secret. What kind of bad things are we talking about? Mostly for me, I got a lot of really misogynistic comments from people on the internet. Okay. And this was this was back before I had really jumped in. I didn't have a local community, so the only way that I could really share my hobby with other people was through message boards. <laughs> That's how far back it was. <laughs> yeah. And and Facebook groups. And like a number of times men would tell me like, well, you like, you'll never be able to learn how to play this game because you're a woman and women just don't have tactical brains. What? Things like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I, that's not what I was expecting you to say. Isn't that funny? I, I mean, honestly, like the first time I heard it, I was absolutely like just floored. Yeah. Right. Because like my mom and dad never even hinted that that could be a way that that, that people thought, you know, like I just um, yeah. I was absolutely floored. And, and it really soured me on sharing my hobby for a really long time. Um, and it's that's yeah. got to be tough when you're in a, in a situation where, uh, you know, 95 or 90 percent of the comments are positive and supportive. Those five percent of either misogynistic or just people hitting on you or just people being dicks. Those those 5%, that's what gets into your brain, right? That kind of sits in there and sticks and, and hurts. And mm -hmm. I think for me, and, and I mean, like, I'm actually working with a therapist to, like, sort of move past the damage that some of that stuff has done. And then I have um, to bring it up. I'm sorry. We don't have to do this. No, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's good. It's good to talk about it, right? Like if something, if something is hard to deal with, like talking about it helps you process it. Um, but I just, I feel like the worst part about that is that that is a judgment made on me, but it's not about me. Right. Right? It's about like something that's genetically about me. Like they didn't even get the time to know Tanya. They just like, you know, yeah. Like, oh, you're a woman. I had I had experienced misogyny before because I've always sort of worked in male dominated fields, but I had never experienced it so blatantly as I did coming into the Warhammer community back then. That's um that's social media for you though, right? I feel like people in person are not like that, but there are a few uh, cave people on on social media that will just kind of like hit things with 
bricks and that's all they know how to do. And it's, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, and this is the, the thing. The reason I'm asking about it is because as a white, middle-aged, middle-class man, <laughs> I could stop tomorrow probably and no one would, like there are enough of us in this space that no one would miss it too much. But, but also I've never experienced it. I've never posted anything online ever and had someone say, wow, I like your eyes. Or, or I will say, in general, I don't get like, I don't get like the sexual comments. Um, if people tend to comment on my body, it's just to tell me that I'm like ugly or whatever, uh, right? It's just people who are looking to be cruel, so they pick right. something that they think is going to be important to you in order to to critique. Um, so I do actually feel really blessed that I don't get uh, I don't get like like the sexual kind of weirdness that some of the other women creators get. A different social media spaces, and I think the answer will surprise some people. Different social media uh, platforms are also different for you, right? Because to me, it's all the same. But for you, my understanding is Instagram good, Facebook not as good. In general, yes. Yes. Um, also, Twitter can be a little iffy sometimes, and I don't use Reddit at all anymore. Twitter's horrific for everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I just stay, I stay away from Twitter in general just because I find it just – but, uh, yeah. but yeah, but for women content creators, I've heard before that Facebook is just for some reason this a more weird space to be in. Instagram, you can put your content out there and people like it or follow you or whatever, but – the opportunity to be misogynistic or just cruel exists more on Facebook for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if it's because like on Facebook it has your actual name, whereas if it's something on Instagram, it's like your handle. Yeah. So you could pick a handle that doesn't really say anything about your gender or what you look like or anything like that. Um, How great, yeah. though, that you have now got – there's you, there's Katie plays 40K, Maxine also plays 40K. There's uh, – <sighs> There's a bunch of women, and I've only touched on three, but there are a bunch of women now following your example almost, um, and they're out there and they're creating content and they're being more visible. And if nothing else, you can all kind of hang out with each other and support. And we do. <laughs> the yeah. the women content creators, um, it's like a sisterhood almost. I think it's because we all sort of have – we have different experiences and none of them are easy. Um, so we really sort of like reach out to one another just on bad. Like, actually, it's funny because right as I was getting ready to do this with you, Katie plays 40K and I were actually having like a pretty deep discussion about bad comments right? right and like the anxiety that we sometimes feel about getting like really nasty comments and stuff um and she's been a huge support for me and and she's so sweet and she keeps saying that like i inspired her to actually put herself out there but i don't know she inspires me every day by just being such a positive force and being so visible it is really scary being so visible especially yeah. when you're learning and she's like fearlessly going forth and I just she inspires me so much yeah it's awesome now let, let's okay I want to make sure this uh, ends on a positive <laughs> we don't want to go and look I, it's easy for me to say I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole when you have to live in the rabbit hole some days but uh, just know that there is support for you 
not just from other women who play the game and create content. There are just thousands, tens of thousands of men who just love the content you're putting out and love the fact that there are women showing my daughters that anything is possible, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like the men in the content creation uh, Warhammer field, they are so, so supportive. I feel like at first I felt like like the nerdy little sister that everybody was sort of like <laughs> bringing along with them because mom said they had to. Um, but upon getting to know more of them, I think that they just they just really want me there. They just want to bring me up with them and, and I they inspire me every day as well. Everyone I've spoken to on this podcast, every single person has has said, I just love talking about Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think when you find other people who love talking about Warhammer and can talk about it in the same way or at the same level or whatever, then then that's great. And that's you, yeah. right? You love talking about Warhammer. You can talk about Warhammer painting and playing and competitive, and you can talk about creating content. And so, they're just it's a natural fit. It's an easy fit that you would be part of these shows because you can and you're eloquent and you're you know all of these things. So why not? It's and I understand why sometimes because I'm a bit the same when I first started. I was like, why would they want me involved in that? Um, <laughs> but you kind of, you know, it's because they just love talking about it, and you love talking about it, and so we all love talking about it together. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 Um, how great? Uh, how great is it? On that note, that this has been a way to make friends all around the world. Honestly, I just. It's so cool to me to think that I could go on a world tour and find people almost anywhere to play Warhammer with. (laughs) It's so amazing. Yeah. Well, you've got friends in Australia and friends in Europe and friends in the States, and you've got one who's living so far south that the next stop is the Antarctic. So, you know, anytime you want to play a game in New Zealand, feel free to stop by. (laughs) <laughs> uh, New Zealand would be amazing to visit. Right. It's a yeah. very long way away. <laughs> it is. From everywhere. Now, uh, and that's a look, I I can't think of anything else I wanted to ask except what's next. And I don't know if you're allowed to say about your podcast that you've been teasing a little bit. Um, Yeah. So I actually have. Don't feel been... any pressure. <laughs> if, you, if it's not out there yet, then don't do it. I can tell you, I can tell you a little bit about it. So I'm working on a podcast that is a little bit more like me centered because Be Nice, Roll Dice is always about showcasing the other fabulous people in the hobby. And this podcast is going to be more about like my journey um, to becoming a better person as well as becoming a better Warhammer player and how those two things can kind of like happen at the same time and complement each other yeah um and i'm i'm not too sure exactly what's going to happen with that but uh, that's what i'm working on right now okay. uh learning learning a bunch of new skills for that i've also done a little bit of stuff with mini wargaming so i'm excited for that to come out as well. yeah all right yeah Go mini wargamer dave is now one of my hobby brothers so i just love that guy He's another one that you just, you know, he's a big star. And then when you talk to him, he's just a super nice dude. So there it is. Yeah, you're like, there's no way that he could be that nice in person. And then you meet him, you're like, oh, he's nicer in person. <laughs> How is right. this possible? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's so nice to catch up with you. Uh, it's been too long since we spoke at length. So uh, it's good to do that. And thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Steve. 
thanks once again to Tanya Gates. Tanya, okay. Uh, links to her channels are in the show notes for this episode, of course. But if you just Google The War Mistress, you'll find it. Do me a favour and go and like Game Changers on Facebook. Maybe leave a review. We're not asking for money, but that would really, really help. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Until then, I'm Steve Joel, and this has been 40K Game Changers. 